Welcome back to Have You Ever, a podcast presented by Integrated Financial Group. My name is Tyler Enninger. For today's episode, we were lucky enough to be able to interview Allison Prince, who was an all-in-one successful entrepreneur and a fantastic mother and wife. This is James Davenport. I'm so excited to have you listen to Allison J. Prince. Have you ever wanted to start a business? Have you ever wanted to follow your dreams? I think that's what you're going to take away when you hear Allison talk today. What you're not going to hear in this interview is Allison Prince and Jared Prince are just a dynamic couple. They are humble, they're generous, they're hardworking. But what I'm so impressed by them is they consistently have followed principles. And those principles are they've lived way beneath their means, they've diversified, uh, they've started businesses, and then they've tried to give a lift up to everybody around them. I met Allison about eight or nine years ago. I thought it was just a phone call to schedule a meeting and she thought it was a phone call to really see about what Integrated was doing. And it didn't go very well and she's like, I'm not gonna talk to you. (laughs) And We kind of had to recover after that and now we've become good friends. What I love about what Allison does is she motivates other people to seek entrepreneurship and freedom. And I think you're gonna take away some great nuggets from it. Uh, hi, I'm Allison Prince online. My stage name is Allison J. Prince, and I am a mom of four, which is like the coolest thing ever. Amazing husband. Uh, but my story is I grew up in a, a great home. My parents were amazing, uh, but they hit a hard time and they went through a divorce. And they had their own business growing up. And uh, I always remember thinking, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to do what they do, <laughs> which makes me laugh now because I absolutely love it, right? Uh, but they went through that rough patch and they lost everything. And so I was 13 years old when it started to happen. And I just remember everything changed for me. The family um, that I knew was no longer. My dad had moved out. Uh, the home that we had and built all of our memories and growing up, no longer. We lost that house. And I even remember like Christmas mornings, we'd wake up and the tree was completely full of presents, like almost to the point of embarrassment. Uh, to uh, the next year, we got Christmases uh, on the front porch from neighbors. And so I went from living this beautiful life to like experiencing a huge loss. And then my par- uh, grandparents, they actually came in and helped uh, raise us a little bit. And they grew up during the Great Depression. And so scarcity was very embedded into my soul. And so number one, I felt the pain of losing, uh, felt the pain of, you know, being on food stamps, uh, felt the pain of losing a home, a family, uh, being embarrassed by Christmases on the front porch. I was so grateful, but I was a kid and I'd felt like I'd lost control and I couldn't do anything about it. And so I started working um, as soon as I turned, well, actually like 14, I started working uh, and then as soon as I got uh, turned 16, 17, and then at 18, I started working at Einstein's Bagels. I was a bagel baker. I was the best bagel baker ever. I'd get up at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and go to work and then do a shift and then go to high school because like that was the money that I was going to use to go to college, right? Because college was the golden ticket. You got into college, you were going to have financial security And so I saved my money as much as I possibly could at that point uh, to be able to go to college. As all of 
my teachers and parents and all my loved ones told me to do to have financial security. And so I did, I became a school teacher and worked really hard. I had my first month as a school teacher and they handed me my paycheck and I looked at it and I said, is that for a week of work? Am I getting paid? This is like a week, right? They said, oh no, that's for an entire month. And it was at that moment that I realized that I could qualify for government assistance. And so all of everything that I had been taught about uh, going to school, getting your degree, financial security, and then government assistance, like it all just showed me that what I had been taught or what was taught at the time wasn't the truth anymore. And so I had to figure things out. I didn't want to be on government assistance for the rest of my life. Um, and so I started going to the local library and I'm like, what, what can I do? How do people afford cars? I mean, at this point, how do they afford toilet paper, how do they afford food, like all the little basics. Right. And, um, I went to the library because I, I don't even know if I had a computer at that point. Um, we were so poor, <laughs> just like we had nothing. Jared was going to school full time um, and I was a school teacher. And so I just went to the local library and I got magazines and uh, everything led to entrepreneur. Like I didn't even know what that word meant. I had to get a dictionary out and figure out what the word entrepreneur meant. And I read that they just started building businesses. And so that's kind of what stuck in my mind, but I didn't know what kind of business that I wanted to do. I had a baby at the time, didn't have any money to invest. And so I kind of tinkered around with a couple of things. I started my own tutoring business, uh, did some craft shows, things like that. Uh, and then I started a blog with some friends and this was back in 2008, 2009, just when blogging was like the hot new thing. And we had no clue what we were doing. Like I didn't even know what Facebook was. <laughs> I didn't know anything at that point. And as we started learning what blogging was, we started realizing that we were sending traffic to people. And so we'd write up a blog post and it was like crafting, like how to craft or how to cook or how to bake. And then people would say, where do you get those products from? And I'd say, oh, click here and go buy it over here. Go to Michael's, go to Hobby Lobby or wherever. And then I'm like, whoa, I'm sending all this money away. Cause as a new blogger, you don't make anything. I think you work for three years volunteering or spending your money to grow. It takes a lot of work before that money starts coming in, a lot of sweat equity. And so I started thinking if I'm sending all these people on their places, I wonder if I could start sending them to a store of my own. And so I decided to start uh, my own online store, but here's the deal. I didn't use my blog. I have two amazing business partners, but I didn't want to take advantage of what we had built. And so, um, because I saw how the process worked about sending, um, traffic, I actually reached out to some other influencers or creators, uh, they used to be called bloggers. And I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to start this store. Uh, I'm going to sell some products. Will you share it with your audience and I'll give you a commission. And they said, sure. And so my very first one was, um, a blog called Char crap I've made. That was her blog. And she was a crafter. <laughs> I love her so much. And she had about 15,000 followers on Facebook, which isn't considered a lot right now. Uh, but at that time I was like, whoa, that's, that's amazing. Right. I was like, Hey, I'm going to start a store. What do I have to sell? And so I looked around and, uh, I found some leftover crafting supplies and it was this uh, vinyl lettering. It was like black sticky paper and I didn't have a cutter to cut it. So I just went to my kitchen, grabbed a pair of scissors, and then just started cutting it into, I think it was either 10 or 12 inch chunks. 
And um, that was my very first product that I sold. And so I posted it. Um, Shower from Crap I made, made a, a post on her Facebook, sent traffic to it, and I made my first two to $300. And I thought I'd won the lottery. If I knew what the lottery felt like, I'm sure it was very, very similar feelings because I just realized that I could create money. I could create income. I didn't have to ask a boss. I didn't go have to talk to a principal. I mean, I did this at five o'clock in the morning. I didn't have any time. I was in mom mode all of the time. So I decided uh, not having money was uncomfortable. Do I want to have money and be uncomfortable or not have money and be uncomfortable? And so I decided I'm going to be uncomfortable for a while to see if I can get this to work. So I woke up at five o'clock in the morning, hit publish at seven, um, and then we did sell out of that first product, like two to $300. Again, life-changing moment for me because it was proof that it was possible. What I do now is different from when I started. When I started, I was just learning. I was learning the rules of the game. I had so much insecurities, self-doubt, imposter syndrome. So I started that, how to, I started How to Issue with the Friends and then I started my own e-commerce stores and I thought I was a one-hit wonder. And so then I started another one and it did really well. And I'm like, oh, cool, okay. And then I taught my daughters how to do it. And my daughters made like six figures before they stepped foot into high school. And then I started another one. And then, <laughs> so I have a pretty hard head and I'm very stubborn. And I made God my business partner clear back when I first got started because he's just good at what he does. And anybody listening, if you don't believe in God, replace with the universe, whatever you believe in, the power that's pulling you to do better, right? I think we can all agree um, that there there's something inside of us, something outside of us that's, that's trying to live this this best life. And so I've just followed his guidance quite a bit. And so about three years before I started educating other people, he said, okay, I need you to start teaching others. And I said, oh no, the online world is so mean. They're gonna make fun of my eyebrows. They're gonna make fun of my crooked smile, my hair. Like, I don't know. I sell products online. I sell e-commerce. I hide behind my products. I hide behind my computer. And he's like, no, I didn't give you this journey for you. I gave you this journey for you to share. And so about three years later, I just started getting louder and louder. And I said, fine, show me the people that can help me do this because I can't do this alone. I don't know what to do. I stutter. I repeat. I lose train my train of thought mid-sentence. Like I can't, mm, mm, you know, like I was having all these excuses coming out of my brain, as many as you can possibly think of, because my brain was like, stay safe, Allison, hide behind that computer. You have bedhead today. And just all these excuses to keep me safe. And so of course he introduces me to other people who started teaching online. And they had, they held for me uh, what I couldn't see in myself. And so they looked at me and they're like, Allison, you've built multiple businesses. You've taught your daughters, you've taught your sister, you've taught your friends how to do this. You're not a one hit wonder do you not see the pattern that you have done? And I was like, oh no, I just thought everybody could build an online business. And they were like hitting their head on a wall. Like sometimes we don't see our superhero power. Like I don't think Superman thinks he's cool because he can fly. I think he just flies, right? I think he just does it. And we're the ones going, oh my gosh, Superman, you're so cool. But I think every single one of us has a superhero power that we can't see. And so when we start doing these businesses on our own, that's so stupid because we talk ourselves out of our greatest gift because we can't even see it. And so one of my gifts that I 
have developed. It was, it was not developed. I didn't even know what cells were. I didn't even know what CEO meant until like four years into my company. Like I didn't know what anything meant. Uh, but I think one of my superpowers that I have developed over time is starting businesses. I love it. I'm passionate about it now. And I just really started stepping into, okay, I need to teach other people. And so I started out, I started teaching a handful of people how to do this. And then the moment that I realized that I was on the right path, because it was still so scary for me, going live, oh my gosh. If you've ever gone live, you know what I'm talking about, especially if you did not grow up in, <laughs> I don't know, like on TV or YouTube or social media. Like I didn't want to be the face of my company. And I remember one day I got an email from a gal that said, hey, Allison, just so you know, I made my first $2,000. This has completely changed my life. And it, like, I can get emotional about it because she went into details as to why this changed her life completely. And that was the same weekend that I had sold, there were these blankets and I had sold like 60, over $60,000 in two days. That meant nothing to me, but this woman completely changing her life because she just did the pattern that I've done that's been replicated over and over again, she did it and it completely changed her life. And as soon as that moment hit, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that is fulfillment. That is fulfillment right there. And so that's when I really learned like, yes, at first money's good because it drives us, right? It drives us to, my first big thing was I wanted to buy churros at Disneyland for one for me and one for every single member of my family. Because you know, when you go to Disneyland, when you don't have a lot, you buy one dang churro and then everybody has a bite. And by the time it gets back to mom, it's like disgusting. It's half dissolved. It's sticky. It's gooey. It's so gross. And so all I wanted to do was number one, go to Disneyland and pay for it in full. And then number two, let everybody get their churro so I could have my own churro. <laughs> and I think money is there. Money is good. It's good for us to want money, to have these experiences, right? To have the drive because if we didn't want stuff in life, we would be fine watching Netflix and eating Cheetos on the couch. We are meant to want things and have a better life and we can do that through money. And then eventually it starts to shift in your brain and the money just becomes secondary and the feelings of testimonials of you changing customers' lives, that's what keeps you going every single day. Money is there, it's fun, yes but it's really not gonna keep you going day after day, getting up at five in the morning or staying up till three at night because you gotta do something. Uh, you've gotta find a different, a different fulfillment to keep you going when you don't want to show up. No matter what, it's gonna be hard for anybody and everybody. Entrepreneurship is not like uh, flipping on a light switch at all. I've had neighbors knock on my door and say, oh, I see that you're choosing money over your children. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? And they're like, yeah, your husband can work just fine and you choose to work. And that was my first time I've ever shut the door in someone's face. Like it gave me more power to, I know what God gave me. I know my gifts um, and I really lean into that. And then there's been other times where people have said, hey, I need you to come here during the day and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I work. And they said, yeah, you work from home. And so why don't you just adjust your schedule? And I was like, would you ask a man to do that? I don't think you would. And so, yeah, there are things that we have to adjust and do to make it work. But I always look at it like 
is that excuse going to be bigger than my dream or is my dream going to be bigger than the excuse? Like no matter who you are, what you do, there's always going to be limitations. There's always going to be people pushing back on you. And so I've learned over the years, it's taken so much practice. And, and there's things that I do, like tools that I use now to help me to get through some of those tough times uh, to where I put those aside and I keep moving forward. Like, for instance, um, I've been asked to speak on stages of like as big as 40,000 people. Like, that's a city. I am not. I was not born a public speaker. I had no desire to be a public speaker. I mean, the most people I ever spoke to was my junior high kids or a prayer at church. Like, that was it. And so to get asked at these events, I was like, I've got to figure out how to get out of my brain because it was paralyzing. Like I would shake, I would sweat in places I didn't even know I could sweat. And so before I get on stage, uh, usually someone in my family goes with me because I don't want to do things alone. Who's ever with me, I give them a hug and I say, I need you to hold my fear so I can be who God needs me to be at this moment. And I literally envision all of the you're going to trip, your zippers down, people are going to throw rotten tomatoes at you, like all those thoughts in my head. I just say, here, hold that for me. And then it just feels so light. And so when I get up on stage, I just trust that God's going to give me the words. Has it been perfect every time? No. Have I gone off the stage and cried before? Absolutely. But that's just part of the learning process. And I know that's, I know that's just how it works. And so there's just little tools that I do when I get off stage and those stupid thoughts start to come in my head that family member greets me again and hugs me and says, okay, I'm going to hold all of those thoughts for you. Take a deep breath. And then I'm able to be present again. I think Tony Robbins says 80% is in your head and 20% is skills. I actually think it's like 95% in your head and 5% skills. Cause I'm a dang junior high school teacher, certified school teacher. I've grown four businesses to over multi-million dollar companies. All I, I'm just persistent. I just keep doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> it really, that's what it is. It's consistency. And then it's getting those thoughts out of your head. Those excuses. I'm too young. I'm too old. I have too many kids. I'm female. I'm male. Like whatever it is, just set those excuses aside and then look at someone who uh, you can relate to and say, okay, if, if they have done it, then I can stand up and be next, right? Instead of saying they got the easy button, they have a wrench uncle. You can believe that if you want to, or you can stay, say, you know, I'm going to switch my train of thought and say, because they have done it, I can be next. And so that's just, uh, over the years, that's the belief. Um, and it's worked. <laughs> it's, it's worked. It's taken so much headspace. I am not the same person. When I start teaching to now, I don't even recognize that girl of so long ago, but I'm so glad she showed up for herself. I always think like, what would I change? But I, if I changed anything, then I don't think I would be here today. If I made something easier, it wasn't supposed to be easy because I had to learn something to be able to get to where I am. So I do treasure those moments, like the divorce that my parents went through. At first it was hard. It was bitter. I was angry. And now I'm like, oh, I learned so much. I learned about, I want to be married forever to Jared and we're willing to do anything. Uh, because I saw the pain that my parents went through, which that's a whole other thing, but I, I wouldn't change anything. After my parents got divorced, I felt invisible. We'd lost everything. And so all of our friends that we grew up with and knew us for who we were, 
they knew us as something else. They knew us as broken. And then we moved. And then we were the broken family. And then we moved. And we lost that house. And we lived in what we called the rat house, right? And I just um, kind of became a wallflower, kind of just sat in the back a little bit. Uh, I was scared to do things. And sure, on the outside, I perceived that I was okay. But I wish I had someone like Tina Turner come and just tell me, you're simply the best for what you have gone through, what you have done, the struggles that you have been through, and just held me and just said, you're simply the best. I um, love my family. Like, I literally have the best family, the the best siblings ever. I won the lottery on the siblings for sure. <laughs> uh, we just didn't grow up hugging and loving each other. That wasn't a thing. We all loved each other. But we never expressed it. Um, and so I just, I think I just needed a Tina Turner to come along and just be like, you're simply the best. You're simply the best. We all needed that said to us. Uh, so I think that is something that I would, I would tell my younger self. And that's what I tell my kids. Now I go up to them and I just whisper in their ear, Hey, do you know you're simply the best? Just who you are. You're simply the best. For all the entrepreneurs out there that are listening to this, share your highs and the lows with your children. I wish I had taken more pictures of when I first got started because when I stand up on stage, uh, my kids are like, mom, this is so easy for you. And I'm like, you didn't see the moment where people walked out on me. You didn't see the moment where this happened, where this happened. And uh, sometimes I want them to see more of the struggle. So when they go through the struggle, they're like, oh, this is just normal. My mom struggled all the time, right? And not like, oh, she's standing on a stage with her hair and her makeup done. This she just has this. No, it took me seven years. And even now I still get nervous uh, when I stand on a stage and I wish I would have taken notes or written down more of the imperfect moments, not the Instagram life, right behind the Instagram life of what it's like building. So when they hit those roadblocks in life, they're not like, I just can't do this. Mom, you're just special. I'm really not. I'm really just your average Joe who just doesn't stop. That's it. And I just got up a little bit earlier than everybody else. I'm not any different from other people. I just got started and I didn't stop. When everybody else stopped, I didn't. And then another thing too is one thing that I think has been so tremendous for our family dynamics is... Um, in the beginning, they kind of saw what I did and we would bring them down to the warehouse, but they just didn't see the big picture. Or when I started teaching, they just saw I was talking on my computer all the time or on my phone all the time. They didn't quite grasp. They were young. They didn't grasp what we did. But I threw an event and I gave them all an assignment and they had to do something at the event. And when we were done with the event, they came up to me and they're like, oh, I see what you do now, mom. <laughs> they couldn't understand because they were little, right? And so getting your kids involved, um, having them do little jobs that make them to build their confidence uh, in the business, whether it's to be a model or to help package something or I don't know, just somehow to get them involved so they can see a bigger picture of the company. I, I loved that. And I think that's what a reason why our family is really tight now. Uh, is because they have been involved. But I do wish I would have had more of those like awkward Allison moments when I first got started to share with them. I can tell them, but they visually want to see it. Allison, thank you for taking some time with us. And I loved 
this entire montage and your story, um, what stood out to me the strongest was the moment when you talked about that you felt like a total loss of control. And yet at such a young age, even 13, 14 years old, you immediately turned around, you went to work and you purposely got up early and did a really tough thing. I, I think that's fantastic. What a great example. Thanks so much for, for sharing your story. I completely agree with that, James. I love hearing the story of someone who grabs the reins and decides to live with intention and forge their own path, just like Allison has. Integrated Financial Group is a financial planning firm and multifamily office that specializes in serving high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. Our team helps clients understand the best options to grow their wealth, protect it, and use it with intention. Our emails are included in the episode description, so please reach out if you have any questions. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in about a month with another episode.